Hey, what's going on, folks? Welcome to another one of our preseason breakdowns. And today we are talking about the Big Ten. And today with me, I got Hendrix with me. What's going on, Hendrix? Hey, what's up, man? You know, I can always talk about the Big Ten. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's excited. That's, I'm, I got you on here for this. Um, so let's go, let's go get started. So first team up. And you know what? Yeah, this is the first team up. Last year they went two and six. I'm talking about the Illinois fighting the Lion Eye. Key games this year include a game against Nebraska to see who's the worst team in the Big Ten yeah. uh, at Penn State and against Northwestern. So I'm going to start with this. Do you trust Brett Bielema to do what Lovey Smith couldn't do? Well, first of all, I did like about the Nebraska game, and I actually will take you up on the fact that I think that uh, Nebraska, that will be the only championship Nebraska will be winning. <laughs> Is the worst Most team. Definitely. Yeah. Um, see, now, this is going to be a recurring theme because a lot of these records, I feel, um, don't really reflect to, you know, it was a coronavirus year, it was a pandemic year. Um, you know, the Big Ten was already in a state of rebuild. Plus, you know, we had a lot, even though a couple star players came back for each team, a lot of kids that were possible recruits, you know, missed out. So a lot of these teams were shorthanded. So I don't really think that most of these records will reflect on their teams. But I just want to say that the one time to get it out of the way. But um, I do think that Illinois is going to have um, a better season than they did. And the reason why is because with Levy Smith, um, I'm a fan of him, but it's just his coaching style and the way Illinois is set up right now don't go hand-in-hand, his head coaching style. He's been in the NFL uh, quite some time, you know. Then you go to a school like Illinois, you know, with kids that, you know, you know, you went to – you went to Illinois. You're not, you know, seriously expecting to compete for a championship. You're just happy to play football on a big stage. So yeah. um, I feel like the pressure was a little bit more on for him. So I think uh, Brett has more of a more of an understanding of where he's at. Um. So I do. I think he could uh, lift Illinois up a little bit. You know, I I definitely see them getting at least a 500. Um. You know, granted, everyone comes back and is healthy. Um, and their new facility, their new facility is definitely going to help out. Like, I really think that they're going to have, um, they're going to be able to recruit more, especially like in the Chicago area, you know, people are, people start to pay attention to Chicago more because of Loyola's success, you know, they've been having in basketball. So I think, uh, you know, people come because Illinois is kind of old school and their facility was kind of old as well. So like, you know, it looks nice now, you know, plus with, you know, with TikTok and everything, people are looking you know, you're going to inside look at these big college facilities. I don't know if you saw a day in Clemson, but I was like, ooh, I kind of want to go to Clemson now. <laughs> right. So Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that with Britt Bielema. You know, he's he's back in his comfort zone, back in familiar territory of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, too, the thing I've noticed with Brett Bielema, and this I'm, I mainly because of his time that I remember at Arkansas, the thing about him is he's going to have a pounding running back. So get ready for Definitely. that. And then he's going to have some ballers on the offensive line. I remember, so I, uh, I believe it was like three years ago. I, I could be mistaken. It wasn't the, it wasn't the year we had Shea Paris. I think it was a uh, Wilton space last year or last year he played and we played in Michigan, play Illinois. 
And they had a really good running back. They had a running back and a quarterback duo. And that created quite some success for uh, Illinois. So if, you know, if they're looking for running backs, you know, they, they're going to have, they're going to have plenty to choose from out there. But like Illinois yeah. hadn't had a short, especially that 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 Midwest area, but specifically Illinois, really hadn't had really any trouble in the run game. It's just that run games don't last long. So a lot of their games, they start out, you know, they'll start out twenty to nothing, and then you come back to the end of the fourth quarter, it's twenty four to twenty. They're down four. <laughs> yeah. But, but I I will say also like the idea that yeah, well not the idea. I like what you said though because. That new eighty million dollar football facility with like the the locker rooms like a giant eye. Mm-hmm. That is, I saw that video and that was, I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is nice. I, my first thought, I was like, where did they get the money? But I guess you know they do have the school of Illinois does have other uh you know other aspects. But uh, that I it definitely caught me when I seen it. I said, oh, this this was definitely by surprise. And and it definitely you know when you see something on social media and you're a child and you're impressionable, um, it definitely will influence your decision. And I, I definitely think that, um, you know, with the new coach and a new facility, you know, you bring a new culture. It's kind of like you know, like when you clean your when you clean your room, and like mm-hmm. you know, you 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 had the same room, but now that it's clean and especially if you add new furniture in there, it's like a whole new breath. That's why I feel like this is what uh, Illinois did to me, and it definitely is going to do to uh, their recruiting pool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And with that, we now transition to the Northwestern Wildcats. Last year, they went seven and two. They won the Citrus Bowl over Auburn. Um, key games this season include a trip to the big house to play Michigan against PJ Fleck in Minnesota and then against Purdue. Uh, will they win their second division title in three years? Because, you know, last year they they were division champs. Yeah, they were, but that was mostly due to uh, a lot of losses. <laughs> you yeah. know, it, 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 it was like, okay, nobody wants it. <laughs> Last man standing type thing. Um, Northwestern, uh, even though they did uh, go 7-2 last year, uh, I go back to what I said earlier about it being like a COVID year. I do not think that they're, uh, they're going to win another division title. And I do, definitely don't think they're the biggest threat to Ohio State. They oh. um no, nah, they're not. They're Northwestern is they're doing good, but I mean, come on, look at it. <laughs> that's that you know, it's it's a good stat to have, but that's one of those ESPN stats, you know, where they put at the bottom just to make it fit mm-hmm. in to go in with the full of the game. But yeah, no, nah, that that first division title, I mean, it was it came down to them. Because what were they really third place and they didn't really move up, they just everyone else just fell out of the running. <laughs> due right. to big losses at the end of the year. I mean, but yeah, I don't think I don't think they're gonna I, I don't think they're gonna suck. I don't think they're gonna do less than five hundred, but I don't think they're gonna be uh the division title. I don't think we're yeah, I don't think they'll be in that final that top four category, buddy. <laughs> at the end of the year. Well, I, mean, I, I think Northwestern and um my gosh, what's this guy's name? I don't want to say Pat Narduzzi because that's not who this guy is. Uh, their head coach Pat Fitzgerald. I definitely think they're like a team that like they're like a they they're like a Citrus Bowl Outback Bowl type of team. Like they always they're always like destined to come to Florida and play games yeah. for their bowl games and stuff, but never like anything bigger than that. So I think they're they're about right where they where they are in my opinion. Like he 
Pat Fitzgerald does enough to stay there oh. and like keep this team afloat, but I don't know if we're ever going to talk about like Northwestern on a national stage, like the, competing the reason, for. Yeah, the reason why I think that too is because like I, I I feel like they're a lot like UCF, and when I say that is you know UCF always talks about well not always but you know people always talk about UCF and they'll say. Oh yeah, put them in the ACC, see what happens. Put them in the SEC, see what happens. And Northwestern is what happens when you take that school. Because if Northwestern was in like a conference, say like Northwestern, I mean, sorry, if Northwestern was a conference with um, USF or like a conference like that, where they're like, they would clearly be the top dog, and we would be hearing about them every year about how they went undefeated, and it was so shocking that they lost to Alabama at the end of the year during Alabama's trip to its twentieth championship. But um, no, I, I definitely think like that's that's what it reminds me of. And, you know, that's why I really I see them having good teams. But being that team with that solid coaching staff and that solid just always, you know, always mentioning in top four, you're always watching their progress. I don't think it's going to happen because they're in the big Ten. They're like a spoiler there for when one of the big teams are doing bad. And it's like, oh, well, we can't talk about President Michigan no more. Oh look, Northwestern only has two losses. Let's go root for them. Let's put them at number one. Well, not let they obviously would be at number one, but only if like the big teams were you know losing you know had three losses going through a year. But like if they were in a conference like a smaller conference where they didn't have such hard hitters every year, they'd be top dogs easy every year. We'd be talking about Northwestern and why are they not in the you know why are they not mentioned in the top four? Dang, that makes so much sense. Now yeah. that was yeah. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. I like that. Uh, But now we are on to another train wreck team. The Rucker, Rucker um, Scarlet Knights. Oh, yeah. Like I said, we can always, (laughs) I say this every year, I'm like, we can always skip these guys. I'm sure they'd understand. (laughs) I ain't going to spend too much time on them. They went three and six. They went three and six. Wow, that was actually, what's that, like a, that's almost like a record for them, right? (laughs) It it is. Mm. (laughs) A couple big games include at Syracuse. I mean, I really, I don't know who's worse than that one. Syracuse only won one game last year. Mm. Uh they get Ohio State at home, and they have to play at Northwestern. Um, honestly, I'm at like my thing is that like why is this team still a Big Ten team? Why they need to go back to being like in the same conference as USF and UCF? Like they should be in the American. Yeah. If we're being honest, I I don't like really it's what should the, happen. It's almost to the point that I'd be feeling bad for them. Yeah, I know, right? Because didn't Michigan put, like, 77 on them? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy is, like, they um always manage to have players in the draft. They always manage to – like, every time I look and I'll watch a football, an NFL game, I'll see all of a sudden they went to Rutgers. And I'm like, what? How are they still getting this talent? <laughs> is, it like yeah. a, is it like a pity draft? Are they like I, – I will give Rutgers this. Mm-hmm. Rutgers is the birthplace of college football. So when you go to Rutgers, there is like some sort of feel about it. Like, you know, like you're going to get like, you're going to get at least one ball player out of there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is it like a pity draft? Like every year, like we just have to get somebody from Rutgers. I mean, yearly, it does not fail. And it's not the same player. 
Like you will look and like I'm telling you, maybe maybe now that I'm saying it, you'll notice it more. Like, yeah, this guy. Wait, 2020 was in the draft, made never first round, usually around fifth or sixth. But every year, Rutgers got somebody in the draft, and it's always somebody you never heard of. Makes sense now, because mm-hmm. watch it. I'm gonna watch the 2022 draft, and I'm gonna be like, wait. Yep. How Rutgers get somebody in it? Easy. They could go. It's, they could go one and they could go one and ten, one and twelve. I'm telling you, they're. I mean, sorry, not one twelve. They're gonna go one eleven, and they'll still have someone in drafts. <laughs> it's crazy. What I see. What I think needs to needs to be done is you ship Rutgers off to back to to the AC AAC, and then you call up. North Dakota State, and you bring them on down, mm. and you let them play in the Big Ten. That's that, that's just my thinking, though. Before North Dakota State fans get upset again and go like, "Well, that can't happen because we need to get the invite." Well, I mean, hey, that, there's that, your invite. That, that would that would be a way more intense. That would be a way more intense season. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. Expand the Fargo Dome by a few. By a few, like couple hundreds, hundred people. It definitely would. There you go. But with that, enough about Rutgers. Uh, we're on to Penn State now. Last year they went four and five. Key a key game includes a night game against Auburn um, at Ohio State and at in Happy Valley again against Michigan. Should we expect a bounce back in twenty twenty one? Oh, definitely. Like I said, Penn State definitely one of those teams that their record does not reflect them. Uh, I feel like Penn State is definitely going to have a big year next year. Um, I don't see them, like I said, I don't see them really going uh, the distance with it, but definitely like over 500. I mean, they're not going to, come on. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to be over 500. Um, versus Auburn is going to be an interesting game. You know, you never can really count Auburn, but you also really can never count one of them. But you that's know, they, but if that's a night game. If that night game is a whiteout game, like I've seen teams play, there. There you go. Teams falter at that. We've seen Ohio State falter. We've seen Michigan falter. Like I would think that was Michigan, one of Michigan's only losses that year. Ohio State's only loss that year. Um, you know they they falter during that whiteout game. That's not something to be taken lightly, especially that's big energy. And if that's is that the first big night game of the year? I don't have the actual yep. schedule. I see it. Oh, it's like week three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a dub. <laughs> that's definitely a dub for Penn State. If they blow that, that's going to ruin their whole season. Yeah. Right? Um, I, with me, I'm thinking like this. Penn State can win this game mm-hmm. if they don't get caught up in the aura of, oh, this is an SEC team and they're fast and they're physical. And they need Penn State needs to go out there and just play their own game. Yeah. For Auburn, I I've said it already. Auburn's gonna go as Bo Nix goes. If Bo yeah. Nix goes into Happy Valley and what's the bed, Penn State's gonna win by three touchdowns. Mm. That's my that's my take of it. I think it's um, always crazy. Yeah, you got you gotta fix that noise problem. Like you gotta fix that whole like not being able to hear your calls. You know, because I'm talking, it's been times where people, like, I, I see a lot of times when, because even though Michigan lost the game, a lot of times people make fun of when Shea Patterson couldn't hear because it was intense. But that game was intense. 
And you right. know, you either call a timeout out there or you go out there, you make a dumb play, and then they get the first seven points of the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you, and either both of them are bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got to overcome that problem. I think Auburn is more likely to, but Auburn also doesn't know what they're getting into. You know, it's one thing to know what you're getting into, it's another thing to face that at least once a year, every two years. Exactly. And, um, and, yeah. And go ahead, I, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you, you can go. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody going into Happy Valley and completely shutting it down unless you're the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Who to this day, I think are the only team to still ever walk in there and get it done. Mm. But go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, it's, 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 it's an incredibly hard game to focus, like, especially as a player. Like, I've, I've literally seen, like, <laughs> people, like, the whole crowd will be hyped the entire game, jumping up and down, doesn't matter when. Their own quarterback could be on there. They'll still be hyped. But it won't be nothing compared to when uh the op the sorry the away team has the ball because they won't be able to hear a thing. Right. Uh, one last question for Penn State. Uh, do you think James Franklin will ever get over the hump? Uh, what's that? What's that mean? That's all now. Where they say you're not that guy, pal. You're you're not that guy. Oh, um, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that in terms of the fact that he won't be a good coach. But you know how teams they get a coach they that guy comes in he rebuilds the team and solves a winning culture and that's it and then you mm-hmm. hire the big guy you know another big name to come in and basically complete the job yeah uh that's where i think james franklin's career is headed i think um like jim harbaugh he's also under an intense amount of pressure because it's like win or go home but you know right. with Jim Harbaugh, I say it's less pressure because it's beat Ohio State. You know, that's a smaller right. hump. You know, beat Ohio State, and then that's it. You don't have to win them a championship. James Franklin's already beaten Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> he's already See. he's already done that, but now his turn is he has to get the championship. For me, with me, with what I look at it as is this, is Michigan State's been to the playoff. Michigan has pushed for a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. Ohio State is constantly always in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Penn State is one of those big name teams that, okay, you've been here how long? Yeah, and you still haven't broken through and gotten the Big Ten championship and gotten to the playoff. Like, come on now. Wow. Like Wisconsin, even they've broken through. They've won a couple Big Ten championships, gotten to the Rose Bowl. Penn State, come on, yeah. we're waiting. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right, and that's and that's why I feel I feel um it's time for him to I feel like it's time for him to move on. Like he has to if he pulled at least five hundred this year, he, he and moves on, like he'll still be able to have a career. And then Penn State can pick up with that winning culture. Their coach left in good spirits. It's like we still got this, guys, and you know that you know that'll push Penn State a little further. But I don't think James Franklin will be that guy, at least not for Penn State. He's been there too long, ex- expectations too high, and he's not that guy. He's not that guy. As much as I would love for him to be, he's not that guy. He's going to have to um, really seriously um, – I mean, well, Penn State, they're going to have to really seriously uh, start looking for, you know, a big-name town to replace him, though, because you also can't go in there and replace him with someone that's not even on his caliber. Like we're talking, like 
you're gonna have to wait on the market for someone who can bring Penn State the championship. Cause I, I definitely think Penn State has you know the ability to win a championship. Like they're not a bad team. They do not have a bad front office. They get excellent recruits. They have a name. I thought Penn State was done after the whole um Paterno and uh Sandusky yeah. scandal. I thought they were done as a football program, but they brought back, they brought a name to them. People are wearing the banners. Um they Penn State has it. They just don't have the coach. Right. Yeah, which right. is not which is not a shot at James Franklin at all. I think he's an excellent coach. I just think he's been there too long and the expectations too high. They're not gonna want him to coach. That school people don't coach schools for 10, 15, 20 years no more and only bring one championship. You know, that's they true. They don't do that anymore. You know, Paterno, how many championships did he have? He got, I think, two. And look how many uh, and that was about to say, without even going into the years they were, just how long was he coaching? You know, people don't coach like that anymore, not for the same school. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you're right. You're right. Um but that's not going to bring us to the next team that actually derailed Penn State's season last year. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers, uh, the Candy Canes, as I like to call them. Uh, last year they went 6-2. and two. They lost the Outback Bowl to Ole Miss. Key games include at Iowa versus Cincinnati and versus Ohio State. Those, those last two are going to be very telling. I was going to say the first one, that Iowa game. Iowa's not a team to be taken lightly. They're, I agree. They're not. You know, they I think that uh, you know, Indiana more so I said that it's nothing to say either, but I I was more so about Iowa and Ohio State. But um as far as Indiana goes, I mean it, it, it's, it's Indiana. They sometimes they have good seasons, sometimes they have trash seasons. I mean they're up and down. Like <laughs> I, I'm it, with it's, you there. It's really, yeah, you know, they'll have a, they'll go, you know, they'll have an eight-win season and then a two-win season, and then, you know, they're, you know, in the top 10, 25, and then they're unranked. It, it's really hard to keep track of Indiana. Like, you know, and I've seen yeah. them, I've seen them start out the year strong and, you know, then crumble. So, yeah. with, at no fault at all and no major injury, just they start playing. And when I say the beginning of the year, I don't mean like the first few no-name schools that everyone plays. I mean like when they start playing their real games, like they'll start strongest, like, you know, they'll almost beat Michigan by one point, or they'll beat, you know, they'll beat Penn State, or they'll beat um Penn State, and then that's it. That's a most significant win. And then they fall in the obscurity. Then there's times when, you know, they go 0-2 and, and then 8-2. and two. I hear you. Yeah, yeah it's I will say that I like Michael Penix Jr., their quarterback. Yeah. But the other thing I'm I'm gonna say is is as far as these bowl wins and stuff, like look, Tom Allen is a good coach. He's got that program going in the right direction. These last two bowl games against these SEC teams, because he was in the Gator Bowl last year, and then this past and then here recently he was in the Outback Bowl and he couldn't close out Tennessee or Ole Miss. Oh. Like you're talking about two mid and lower tier SEC teams that you are not able to close out in these bowl games. You got to be able to do that if you're really going to get the arrow trending up and make people believe that Indiana is more than just a basketball school. Mm. 
which really hadn't even been much of a basketball school these past few years because they weren't even in, in the NCAA tournament. Uh-uh. Nope. So I'm yeah, that's 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 my take of it. Um, but now we're on to your favorite. Hail to the victors! We're now talking about the Michigan Wolverines. Mm. Last year they went two and four. Key games this year include a big one against Washington at home. Last year that was supposed to be like the start of a home and home series because they were supposed yeah. to travel to Seattle. Uh-huh. But luckily, I'll get the Huskies at home um, at Penn State, and then you get Ohio State at home for the game. Uh, is this the year? Ah uh, man, I really hope so. But you know, last year I didn't really see much of Michigan. Um, you know, we were, we, we were losing a lot. We have a brand new quarterback and I do like him. I like him and I like his style, but you know, it's, it's, it's another thing to play, you know, like in a real season, like when everything's like for six, especially for a school like Michigan, where, you know, we have a history and we also have a lot of state because, you know, Ohio state, they're going to, they're going to be there, man. They're going to show up and we've, been blowing it every year. <laughs> yeah. So the question is, will we ever go Ohio State? It's gonna happen. And we're getting better, we're getting closer to it. But you know, I'm without the see without really the seeing the season start and seeing how our quarterback has matured. Uh I see I still see Ohio State as being the better team right here, this year at least. Mm. Um I can get with that. But Justin Fields is now in the league, so we can always start there. Yeah. There is one thing I will say mm-hmm. that some that an NFL quarterback came on the running gun podcast and said, um, in regards to his rivalry that he played in, mm-hmm. in the Florida Classic. Uh, I think and I, I kind of can attest this to Michigan and Ohio State. I think for Michigan it's just the fear of losing the game. Yep. And you know, Whereas, because at one point, let's let's not act like we all don't know the history of this rivalry. Mm-hmm. There was a time when Ohio State probably couldn't buy a win, Mm-mm. and Michigan was just dominating. I remember them. <laughs> so I I think when Michigan gets over that fear of losing, and thinking, okay, it's the fourth quarter, we got them. Let's just like let's play not to lose rather than you know let's play to win yeah. and go for the knockout shot. I think when they start to believe and do that and close it out, that's when it'll happen. Because they, they've I, had the teams. I, I could definitely uh, go with that. Um, my opinion of the fact, my opinion of the matter is pretty similar. Um, that's good what you said about like them actually like being afraid to lose the game because, like you said, it's a it's a it's a big game. It's like probably one of the most famous games in college football on a yearly mm-hmm. basis. You know, besides second, maybe only to the actual Rose Bowl championship game. But, um, sorry. But um, in terms of Michigan of old versus Michigan of now, like, Mich- like Reno House State is so successful is because they went through a rebuild. Around the same time we said Michigan was dominating, um, mm-hmm. The Ohio State, Michigan was dominating because Ohio State was going through a rebuild stage. Like they, they were, they went up in flames. They got, yep, they sanctions. got, yep, they got a whole new, uh, they got a whole new front office, whole new coaching staff. Coaching staff had to get a whole new recruitment. Then they had to build, you know, that that actual 
winning culture. And they chipped away at it for years. And then that's mm-hmm. when a lot of people who were around like 90 or 2000, start around 2004, 2005, and it was kind of chippy between Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan started declining around the time Ohio State started going up. And, mm-hmm. you know, Michigan, we went down for a long time, you know, and now it's like, you know, we're still failing at the end, but like I can see that team getting better and better each year. Um, you know, granted, you know, other, you know, stuff happens like, you know, when we lost Wilton Spade. And you know, Shea Patterson ended up not being the guy. I don't know who thought he was, but he ended up not being the guy. I look, look man, I saw that man in person <laughs> against Florida State when he was with Ole Miss. Man, I I was like, whose man's is this? Why are you bringing him? I get it, you know, low market quarterback. Plus, we weren't, you know, Michigan is the place where quarterbacks really come anymore. You know, they're going to other schools now. So, you know, we need a quarterback. We had to get one. John O'Corn was not that guy. That definitely wasn't the guy. I was hoping Luke McCaffrey would have been the guy. Yeah, like, right. He's, he's he's on his like third school already. I think he yeah. I think he's just running from competition. Yeah, entitled could, could be. You know, Michigan is one of the schools where it's like you got to perform. That's why I like our new quarterback. Um, because he seems you know I like his work ethic. You know, I like how he's been training. How much better he's getting at it. Reads. That's why I'm kind of glad last year because I believe he made. I think it was a true freshman last year. I believe so. Don't get me wrong on that. He may have been a sophomore, but if he was a freshman last year and just like that was definitely his first time on a college football field, NCAA field, especially one like Michigan, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you know, I can I personally could see improvements from him. So hopefully, you know, team rounds around him. I don't doubt John Harbaugh, sorry, Jim Harbaugh when it comes to building a team. I don't. I believe that the quarterback is strong because I saw what he did around Wilton Spade, Wilton Spade and Jabril Peppers. You know, they they ride yeah. with him. You had a offensive leader, you had a defensive leader. I'm looking look at the people when they leave Michigan, like Devin Bush, how he's almost not still highly controlling the Steelers, but like he's getting into that grooming role of controlling a defense, you yeah. know, especially at such a young age. So um I agree. So the, we are now on to the Wisconsin Badgers. Last year, they went four and three. They won the Mayo Bowl against Wake Forest. This, I, if, that's right. They actually broke the Mayo Bowl, the Duke's yeah. Mayo Bowl trophy. Yep. They the, celebrated too hard. Yeah, they dropped it. <laughs> um, I will say before we jump into this, uh, I think this is like the best mascot in the Big Ten. I know people are always going to say Brutus Buckeye is the best, but I love me some Bucky Badger. Bucky Badger is a is a crowd favorite. It really is like, like actually, like I, I, I for a hot second, I actually started like study badgers and stuff. I was like, are badgers like friendly animals or <laughs> are they yeah. like dangerous? Not depending on what depending on where you live. <laughs> if you live by water, they can be irrational. But if you live by land, they just you know they take on like snakes and like you know like stuff that can harm your prey right i'm thinking about buying a badger just like let them run around the house not run around the house but like run around the outside of the house and stuff just kill these little like garden snakes oh and yeah stuff. you live in florida so he'll definitely have a ball right? <laughs> yeah um but yeah last year they went four and three key games include penn state notre dame and at minnesota so it's a pretty pretty interesting slate uh I, I, I will say, I think Wisconsin is a team that COVID definitely COVID dominated them. Like they, they yeah. just could not get the better of COVID. They couldn't find a way around it. And I think that that was the result of 
a four and three season. Yeah, they're definitely a team that I said their record does not reflect who they are because that's they're they're a way better team to just get four they just go four and three. I think next year is gonna be an amazing year for them. Yeah, because they didn't even play like for the first two or three weeks of the Mm-mm. season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like a lot of that stuff, you know, some people play later, some people play earlier. You know, some people just didn't have a team. You know, you're playing guys, you know, from the chemistry lab. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's I, – I, I'm confident it's going to get better. Um, the one thing I was surprised at is because, like, the history of the running backs was how they were they were ranked seventh as a rushing attack in the Big Ten. And usually Penn State, they're known for some, like, heavy hitters at the running back position. Yeah. So I think, you know – what needs to happen, do you feel, to for them to get back to that elite form? Well, I feel like Wisconsin uh, doesn't really have an issue when it comes to recruiting offense, especially because, you know, most of the people, a lot of linemen come from Wisconsin. And, you know, a lot of, sorry, a lot of NFL linemen come from the state mm-hmm. of Wisconsin. So I feel like if you're a running back and, you know, you got enough to run through a power offense or, I'm sorry, to run with, sorry, run along with a power offense, Man, you can sh- you can really show out. Like you can really show out. You know, quarterbacks have a lot of time at Wisconsin, bro. Like, <laughs> so I feel like, oh, I, I feel like, um, but like I said, quarterbacks aren't really coming to like the Big Ten anymore. They're going elsewhere. But um, I do feel like they 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 don't really have to worry about recruiting Wisconsin. They're they're going to get they're going to get a good running back, and I feel like they have enough from their running back pool to select which one they want to fit within a given offense. I'm with you there. I actually am going to be a believer and say I like. You know what? No, I'm not going to say that. So I was going to say I like him. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a believer. I was going to say I like him to beat Notre Dame, but I'm thinking about what they got coming back. I mean, I know it's going to be a better season, but I don't. Then again, hmm. Well, the game, Wisconsin, the game that Notre Dame is at the game is at Wisconsin, right? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say, hmm, hmm. maybe. They might get them. Oh no, no, no! That's a neutral set game. That's like that Yank. That's like that um, Yankee series, like that. Not Yankee series, but um, it's like a uh, Shamrock series game where Notre Dame's going to play them inside of like Yankee Stadium because wow. they're both getting like specific type of uniforms and stuff, and it's going to be on like NBC for Notre Dame. I benefit. did not know that. I will definitely have to make sure I'm off to watch that game. That sounds interesting. Especially with constant wins, because if it's one thing we can all agree on, we all hate Notre Dame. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what will happen is if, if they lose, because the playoff committee is already about to get harder on Notre Dame. So if Notre Dame loses that game – and then the fact Notre Dame's not even in a conference, mm. it's going to make matters even worse for Notre Dame to even get into the playoff or even get mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, I'm mean, hey, look, if Wisconsin can go into Yankee Stadium and get it done, I'm all, I'm here for it. Yes, sir. I'm, yes, sir. Ski. And with that, we are now on to the Michigan State Spartans. Last year, Sparty went two and five. Uh, key games include a trip to Miami to play the Hurricanes, Ooh. Michigan at home, and at Ohio State. So, will Mel Tuck? Will year two of Mel Tucker be better than year one? Because probably not, not by much. I mean, to be honest with you, I haven't really seen much of his offense. 
sorry, much of the team, to be honest. Not, not enough of the team to impress me to that they're gonna go into Miami unless Miami blows it. Honestly, but I don't I'm, think they're gonna blow it at home against Michigan State. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's if we we've all seen how fast Miami's offense can move when it's humming. Uh-huh. Miami's offense is not going to have any trouble with Michigan State. And I'll say this. I, I know I got the question down of what needs to happen for Michigan State to get back to being Michigan State. Here's something that we can all start with. Michigan State, like like USF, needs to get rid of those waste management uniforms that they have. <laughs> y'all know y- y'all all of you yeah. guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Get rid of those first and foremost. Go back to the regular green and white and just play football. Mm. You do that, everything else will take care of it. <laughs> like that 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 is for sure. Cause now I I don't even know who Michigan State is anymore. Mm-mm. I literally I literally say trash. Like it's nothing else. <laughs> it it really isn't because I'm like, have we really gotten so far away from the days of when like we used to talk about Michigan State secondary as like a no fly zone, but you remember like Darquez Denard and mm-hmm. then they had Kirk Cousins at quarterback and stuff. And who who would they they had a couple decent they had Le'Veon Bell at running back? Like what happened? Oh man, a lot, a lot of failure, a lot of disappointment. I think part of it was scoring zero points. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't been the same since. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Part of me thinks that like when Michigan came up under Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Michigan State went down. Yep. They and got then... exposed. Yeah, because you know they had that easy win. Because you know, when Michigan was down, a lot of teams came up. Um yeah. You know, they Michigan was the easy win, and you got to play them every year. And that's probably just a blowout win because Mich- Michigan has that history. So it's like even if – it's almost like when teams beat U- when teams beat USC and people are like, oh, they beat USC. But then USC yeah. goes three and seven. It's like, well, you still beat USC. They were four and one at that time. It's different than when you beat a four and one, I don't know, let's say – Illinois, Illinois goes four and one, and people are like, oh yeah, he beat Illinois. They're four and one, but it's Illinois, and then they end up going, you know, losing six games after six games for five games straight, and then it's just like, oh well, yeah, what'd you expect? It's Illinois, you know. Same thing with um how Michigan was that, or the opposite was with Michigan. It was just like, oh well, you beat Michigan. They're four and one, even if Michigan went four and six, you beat a four and one Michigan. You know what I mean? So it carries heavier weight. Oh yeah, yeah. So a lot of teams are able to come up. Michigan State was one of them, but their reign was short lived because they didn't, you know, they didn't put down any cement work. And I really do think that one loss, that loss, like really messed them up. Because remember that when they beat Michigan that year, the same year they went to the playoffs, it was that kick, that kick they got ran back. Yeah, that punt, that blocked punt. Yeah, that he couldn't. Yeah, yeah. That was an absolute fluke. It was great play, absolute fluke. That yeah. game could have went either way. In fact, that game was already halfway being down. Like that first struggle that paper was about to be an L. And then they're like, oh, well, then W. <laughs> but, you know, that, you know, having, like, a lucky win like that, that, the, that one win go famous, not like a blowout win, but having that one win go famous and then famously scoring zero points on one of the world's biggest stages, that definitely messes with your winning culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially not at my- memes or a thing. My thing is, look, yeah, 
get rid of the uniforms. Go back to the green and white. Like, yeah. I mean, even you get a little bit of black and a little bit of gold, like I used to do and stuff every now and again for a primetime game like that. That was that was cool. I don't know what the, I don't know why all these teams that wear green and white want to go waste management now. That's so. what literally I now won't be able to unsee it. I mean, I couldn't see it before. I could see it before. I was like, why do you seem look like trash? But now I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Every Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Every Tuesday right. I'm stuck behind one of these guys. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> We're on to the Iowa Hawkeyes, a more respectable team. Last year they went six and two. They declined to play in a bowl game. Key games include at Iowa State for the Cyhawk Trophy mm-hmm. versus Penn State at home and at Northwestern. Uh do you think this is the perfect time for them to make a statement and challenge for the Big Ten crown? Yes. Yes, I do. I think Iowa is an excellent team. I think they have an excellent winning culture, and I feel like they're far enough removed that they don't have as much pressure. So if they don't beat it, it's like, all right, guys, let's regroup. You know, it's not like, you know, you lose, and then your quarterback goes elsewhere, which can happen. You know, your quarterback can handle pressure. Iowa really gets no pressure. When you really think about it, I mean, I'm pretty sure in that part of the country, you know, with that, because that Iowa-Ohio State, you know, the state rivalries really hit harder. Yeah. They don't actually have to worry about Iowa State. The team they need to beat, they're beating. You know, they really are. You know, they really are. So it's like they could easily stick up on a Big Ten Ten crown. And I feel like out of all the teams, well, I mean, Iowa also doesn't have to play Ohio State at the end of the year. So that's why the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry matters more. Because you could be Ohio State's first loss, or they could go all the way. Whereas though with Iowa, I mean, they play them week four. Who cares? They beat everyone else. They're still champion. Two people beat Ohio State. They're good. They mm-hmm. got to keep winning, you know? So I feel like they're under really no pressure, which is why they're becoming such a good team. And I feel like students are really on that, too. Because, you know, you don't want to go to a school where you got constant pressure. I mean, some people yeah. love it, but a lot of people can't handle it. And I was one of schools where you're going to get respectable. You're going to go to the league. You know, yeah. you're definitely going to get 500 wins. And you're definitely going to get a night game. Oh, yeah. Every, That's one I, thing that people people don't talk about enough about is, like, that a night game at Iowa is pretty electric. Mm-hmm. And something else interesting, too, is because, you know, Iowa State, they were Fiesta Bowl champions, and they got a lot of guys coming back. They got, like, Brock Purdy and those guys coming back. Yeah. That Cyhawk trophy, a lot of people don't want to, don't believe me now, but don't be surprised if it happens in the regular season. Uh, that Cyhawk trophy might be decided early in the season, and then it could be decided again in, say, the Cotton Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl. If you catch my drift. Yeah. It, it would not surprise me. Not at all. I, I really, I really do, I really do think um, Iowa definitely, uh, definitely up there on that list, definitely on that watch list. We're going to be hearing a lot about Iowa. They're not going away no time soon. They're not a fluke. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. Now this next team, they, they, they came and they went away for a little while, but now the question becomes: Is might will they come back? And that's the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Last year they went three and four. This season, key games include Ohio State at Northwestern and against Wisconsin. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something that PJ Flex said that I was reading about this morning. 
So PJ Fleck actually came out and said 2021 has the potential to be a very strong year for Minnesota. You buying or selling that? Oh man, I'm selling it to whoever whoever buy it, man. I don't think Minnesota um you know, I don't think they're going to carry the weight, man. I mean, they did have they had a good season, but that was a good team. That was a good team, like that team that year. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have what it takes to keep to keep it up. Um, you know, I don't feel like they're. I feel like they're, I don't necessarily say that they're going to go. You know, three wins next year. Like I really see them going five hundred above five hundred. But you know, that last year where they were just roll, or the year before last, year they were just rolling, 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 rolling. That was that. Yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about that was the uh, Tyler Johnson and yeah. Antoine Winfield Jr. team. Mm-hmm. That was that team, but that team's done. They uh they they had their run. It was good. It was fun, but you know, I mean, no one knows their team better than their coach. But yeah, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. Whoever's buying it. <laughs> so you don't think that you know because PJ Fleck is like the ultimate motivator. So you don't think that the the whole diamond and the rough pep talks are gonna work anymore? Where you like nah. looks out like a real life diamond? Nah, cause you you really haven't won yet. You know th- those type of talks talk when you win. And listen, most of the coaches, some of the best coaches, they don't talk. They work. Yeah, you're right. Right, you gotta work, man. You got you gotta show us. You know, then you can talk. And even then, they don't talk. They work. Yeah. So I will say, cause you know Ryan Day's not talking. Although he at all, he he did he he threw one thread out there that I'm I'm gonna tell you about here in a few, but yeah, let's just go on to Ohio State. But, yeah, because we we can already accept that uh, Minnesota's just an uh, just a middle of the road team. Yeah, yeah, we just got that. But on to OSU. Last year they went seven and one. They lost the national championship in embarrassing fashion to Alabama. I believe it was uh-huh. fifty-two to twenty-four. Uh-huh. I think we all, I think we were all clapping and hooting and hollering after that. Uh-huh. Um, key games this year: they get Oregon in the shoe, they get Penn State at home, and they got to go to Michigan. Um, so I don't know if you saw it. Um, it was last year. I think going into last year, because all these Ohio State fans were kind of saying, you know, Michigan's dodging us, Michigan's doing this and ducking and dodging us. And then Ryan Day came out and said uh, he's going to try to put 100 points, if possible, up on Michigan. What do you have to say to that? I say they upset. I say they mad. But, I mean, Michigan did dodge them. There's no denying that. I mean, but really, would that one have meant anything? It's not like Ohio State hasn't dodged games before. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, you're right. I mean, it's really not. We dodged one. I still think it was a cowardly move, but I mean, what could you do? It wasn't going to look good either way because we weren't winning. It was an unnecessary loss and probably would have hurt somebody, one of our teams. Like I said, last year was just like, you want to play, you want to play. I feel like if you wanted to play, you should have played all your games. But Michigan also had the option to just had not played. But I guess that would have been as hurtful to your team anyway, especially with the NCAA violations. You didn't, no one knew how long, you know, this pandemic would last. Um, but I don't, I don't think, 
you know, I think that they're 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 upset, they're anxious to play, and it's it's one of those tactics because your coach doesn't talk and he works that it definitely was more for his team to get amped mm. than it was to scare Michigan. Cause I tell you right now, Michigan ain't scared of Ohio State. They've been beating us. What we gotta be scared of? It's y'all, it's Ohio State that's scared because they don't want to lose. Yeah, but they're not really more. scared either. I feel like it was just more like of I'm gonna hype up my team and my fans. Because I don't really have a chance. I never really do it. I don't have a chance to. So let me do this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, remember what I said about you know playing, playing not playing to win versus playing not to lose. Yeah. The pressure mm-hmm. is, you know, it builds every year with that winning as that winning streak grows. Yeah. The pressure is on Ohio State to not lose the game. The pressure is on that senior class at Ohio State to not lose the yeah. game because it's like, look, we've been beating them for this long. Uh-huh. Don't y'all come in here and y'all be the class to let that slip away. Yeah, because that because this is a sea of red right now, and that one blue streak is going to remember that year. They're going When you go back to the reunion, you're going to be like, oh, you're the 21 class. Aren't they all the ones that blew it? You know, so. See? <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah. It, and you know, and see that that brings me now to this next question. Uh, they've gotten over the Clemson hurdle, uh-huh. I think. I don't know if they've gotten over it consistently. We'll see as time progresses. For them, what do you what do you think needs to happen for them to prove to be a contender with an Alabama? Because even Ryan Day was talking trash about that. The video leaked of him in the locker room where he was saying, you know. When we get to the playoff, if we see whoever we see, Clemson, Alabama, or Notre Dame, we're gonna beat the daylights out of them. He beat the daylights out of one, but he got yeah. the daylights beaten out of him by the other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what what do you think's missing? I mean, that's that's it's a really interesting question because if that was the case, there would be more Alabamas. If, if people had to answer to that question, there would be more Alabamas. Alabama mm-hmm. is probably a unique football team. Second. Like, well, the, the only thing that comes even close is probably Ohio State when it comes to just consistency. But Alabama been doing it for so long, you know, it's, it's like it's like it doesn't even get exciting for them anymore. I mean, not to say that the fans ain't excited because they are, but if, if anyone had to answer that question, I mean, you'd be coaching in the league or you'd be coaching in the you know in the NCAA with your eight or nine rings. <laughs> so, um, I would say for me. The difference, and there's nothing they can help, is just that Alabama plays in the SEC. And they play big guys who can also hold games as long as them. They don't have as many meaningless games because even a team like Arkansas is going to leave you with some bumps and bruises. And then when they get to the playoffs, they play smaller teams. And yeah. it's like, oh, this guy's easy to cover. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say, I, I agree, I will say, because – it was for as much as Ohio State dominated Clemson, Sean Wade, who was supposed to be like this all world defensive back, uh-huh. but got eaten alive by and it didn't matter it didn't matter whether he was outside or inside. Yeah. Like he got eaten alive on a lot of double moves. And then everybody was like, Oh God, wait till he goes against Devontae Smith. Uh-huh. And then he goes out there against Devontae Smith and he gets eaten alive on double moves. Mm. And Devontae Smith didn't even end up playing the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, and that like that's that's what happened. And 
I think that's a little bit of it. I think a little bit of it is also, you know, you, you got to get tougher. They, they do. And I think Alabama's on it. Yeah. Cause I will say that the big 10 is get, we're soft. We're soft compared to sec compared to how it's really compared to like back in the day, you know, in Ohio state, they get so amped up to play other big 10 opponents Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. Those games are tough. But look at those games versus the games the SEC players had to t- had to go against each other. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I remember when Michigan played uh, South Carolina. Uh, I believe it was the Outback, but the Ball Don't Lie game. Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, God, he still gives me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, but still, you know, no one, no one, who in the SEC is afraid of South Carolina? They're like a, mi- a middle of the road team, like, like just like how we said uh, Minnesota was. Yeah, really, and yeah. played a hell of a football game because the it was easy. It was easy. The teams and the team when it, when the SEC plays other teams, especially now, you know, it's the the teams. You know, they 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 look a little they look a little easy for them. You know, you when you're especially when you used to play, especially come off a game playing Alabama, then you go play like Wisconsin. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, well, shoot. But yeah, in terms of comparing a team to Alabama, we can't. There's, we can't. That would be like comparing a team to either the 96 Bulls or like freaking the um the Patriots with Tom Brady. You know, I'm glad you said that. I'm I'm glad you just said that about the 96 Bulls. But you know, that's another argument for another time with a whole bunch of different people. Oh uh, yeah, basketball season almost over, man. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you said that. I'm, oh yeah. <laughs> Right that one down. We're gonna bring it back up because now I want to hear the story. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um <laughs> but yeah, that's that's gonna bring us now to the lowly Nebraska Cornhuskers who are they last year they went three and five. Uh golly, you never thought you'd hear that about Nebraska. Mm. Um they get a the one rivalry game's coming back. Uh, and that's the game against Oklahoma and Norman. That's gonna be a blowout in favor of Oklahoma. Clearly. Uh, they get Michigan at home. That's going to be another loss. And they get Ohio State at home. That's a loss. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. For one, Luke, Luke McCaffrey transferred from Michigan to Nebraska to get with Scott Frost because, I mean, Scott Frost is a good quarterback, good QB coach. Yeah. And a, good, a pretty good head coach, depending on who you talk to. Um, but Luke McCaffrey ran from competition again. And he's uh, he's somewhere else. I don't know where he is now. Um, but I'll be honest with you. If I'm Scott Frost, I would never went back to Nebraska. I would have stayed at UCF and continued to build a powerhouse. Yeah, I feel like he had a better he had a better. Uh, I mean, I w- where which my only question is because I didn't. I'm not really sure which school gave him more money. Nebraska gave him more money. Uh yeah, of course. Nebraska to, gave him because the only reason I would say that would be because he got more money and he really didn't. Not that he doesn't care about football, but he was just like, I'm gonna go where the check goes. Because UCF would have been would have been an excellent place for him to build. He would have had less competition, but that's also I also realized that brings less commercialism because you're gonna get more commercialism in the Big Ten because look, you got Oklahoma, Michigan, Ohio State. Those are all games that will bring revenue. And then Michigan mm-hmm. and Ohio State are in Nebraska, big money. You know, because, yeah. um, you know, I lived in Orlando, and when I lived in Orlando, a lot of people were UCF fans. And I tell the, I like to tell all of them, like, UCF is not known nationally, buddy. 
Like outside of, you know, y'all not even really a football team or football school. You no, know, in Orlando, uh-huh. it's that's it. It's all you see. UCF this, that's it. Don't see Florida, honest. you don't see FSU, you see UCF. But I'm be honest. Yeah. You step outside the you step outside the, the walls of really the southeast. Once you get outside of Tuscaloosa, because they've they really they they like to poke and jab and annoy Alabama. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who UCF is. Yeah, and I can I, understand now why Scott Frost went where he went. Yeah, because it's like when you go to when you're at if you're at a place that I mean I gotta imagine that the chat would be significantly larger because they're look at look at the schools they're bringing. I don't remember any. What's the biggest school that came to UCF? Like. Texas, but that was a long time ago. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, they couldn't jump. He was like, yeah, no, I'm going to jump. Now, now he could have put in the work, but, you know, it costs money to put in work. Then you got to get recruiters. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Uh-huh. And that now takes us to the Maryland Terrapins. Mm. Last year, they went two and three. Mm-hmm. Key yeah. games include Iowa at Ohio State versus Penn State. Uh, defense matured a little bit coming into this season, but you've also got two his little brother, little brother, uh, Talia Tungavailoa in year two. So, what can what do you think we can expect from Maryland? I mean, pretty much saying that you can expect every year they're gonna win a big game and lose all the rest of them. Um, <laughs> I mean, Maryland, they've I want to say, like, when it, I will agree with you about their defense. Their defense has definitely, you know, done a good job. But it's there. It's just like the way their games unfold. Like their games get out of hand so quickly, so quick. I don't know whether it's strength and conditioning. I don't know whether it's just the culture. I don't know whether they're just not getting, you know, you know, recruits how they were. But ever since I entered the Big Ten, you know, it's been like that. You know, they, they'll start out. They'll start out strong, and then. The game got out of hand. I think it's the same problem that they had in the ACC. They they go against these big names and stuff, and they get intimidated because whenever they were when they were in the ACC, when they played against Florida State and Clemson and all these big name schools in Miami, um, you had to go see all these big names. You couldn't beat them, and I think it's the same thing in the Big Ten where you mm. go see these big names like a Penn State, a Michigan, and a, a Ohio State. Uh, Iowa, you, you're like my gosh, like there's no way, but they made darn sure a few couple of years ago, the last two years when they stepped out of conference, they made sure to give Texas a go. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I think that's a little bit of what it is. Um, and now we're on to our last and final team. Last year they went two and four. Key games include Oregon State at Notre Dame and versus Indiana for their rivalry game uh the purdue boilermakers how much do you think they'll miss rondell Moore? because he was like mr everything oh they're definitely gonna miss him like <laughs> that's pretty much even though they only went two and four last year i mean he was such a good part it was just a big part of everything like yeah that's that's gonna be that's gonna be like really chucking out the team almost as much as the coach <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was the he was the Swiss Army knife for them. I remember, yeah, if I remember correctly as a freshman, didn't he? He beat Ohio State single handedly and Basically. beat him by twenty. Basically, yeah, like that. That don't happen too often. I think uh-uh. 
whoever whoever it was that got him in the NFL draft, they got a steal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I did not see where he went. Let me look that up right this second. Because I'm now super curious. Yeah, Me. I was. I definitely realized that I did not hear that name in the first. Um, I know he went somewhere. I just don't know where it was that he went, but he he's a steal. Um, but while he finds that, the other thing too is, uh, you know, is there anyone on the schedule that they could possibly? He went. Oh, he went to the Cardinals. Oh, okay. So the Cardinals have another weapon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he went. He went the the second round. I must. I, I just must not have been paying attention, but um, no, he definitely went uh, second round, pick forty nine, to the Cardinals. Cardinals offense is yeah. gonna be scary. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, do you think there's anyone on the schedule that they could possibly pull off an upset against? You're talking about Purdue. Yeah, I mean Notre Dame's on the schedule. Oh, that would that would be clutch, but I feel like they're uh, Purdue. Purdue isn't gonna have much success with any of the big teams. They're just they they're missing a big part of our, they're making a big part of their offense. Plus, mm-hmm. they're just nah. I don't. Oh, this is gonna be kind of hard. Uh, I don't. I'll see. I think maybe they give. Well, it depends on Minnesota. If Minnesota actually does come through clutch, like how. Who are expecting them to? I see Purdue mm-hmm. beating them, but in terms of we said Notre Dame and what's other school, Ohio State, they have Oregon State, Oregon State, and Indiana. I see them beating Oregon State. Yeah, same. Oregon yeah. State's a. Oh no, they do. They do play Ohio State this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do play Ohio State this year. Yeah, not nah, and they play Ohio State at the shoe. Indiana's, yeah, no, yeah, Indiana's the last game. Uh, Indiana, they have Indiana at home. They might be able to get. They might be able to get yeah. Michael Penix Jr. and Tom Allen. I don't mm-hmm. know, but they, yeah, they got Ohio State at the shoe. If, we'll if, if, if they win that, then I already know. Mich- if they win that one, I already know Michigan losing. <laughs> if that's their <laughs> one loss, boy, what? <laughs> nah. Oh god. <laughs> nah. Um, but now that we've reached the end, let me ask you this. Who who wins the Big Ten East? Who wins the Big Ten West? Who matches up for the Big Ten Championship? Ooh. Aye, aye, aye. So, I for, throw- I, obviously, for the Big Ten West, you know, I'm, I hate to do it. This is why it took me so long. But uh, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I'm going to have to. I see, like, they're the most complete team. They, you know, they played their year last year. They have a lot to prove. Um, in the West, I, I think, hmm, I, I really like Iowa. I really do. I really think they have the biggest chance of getting there, of getting their season together, and and having the most wins. Um, you know, Wisconsin has a lot to show. Northwestern, I don't think. I, I really think it'll be Iowa and Ohio State. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to go Ohio, Ohio State and Iowa. Ohio State winning the Big Ten, but obviously disappointing on the national stage. I'll add that one in there. 
<laughs> just just because I gotta put some bad juju out there. But <laughs> I say the same thing. I, but I, really, I see. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to repeat what I said about um me me really liking Iowa, really liking that football program, and uh, me thinking that they're that this this could be a year where they they go far. We have we hear a lot from Iowa. I I I'm I'm gonna agree with you. I think it's I I think Ohio State wins that Eastern Division, but I do think in the West, I like Iowa because I I just feel like this is one of those years with Iowa. I really do. I think Northwestern's gonna be there, but again, I think Northwestern's like a Citrus Bowl or an Outback Bowl type team. Yeah. But I think Iowa's definitely gonna be a team to win it. I think Wisconsin's still one more year away and still recovering. Um, but I, I like I like the Hawkeyes. I like the Hawkeyes to win the West. Um, I think I don't know if the Big Ten. I don't know if the playoff format's going to twelve this season. But if it doesn't, I was destined for the Rose Bowl. If because I think they'll lose. If the if it is a twelve team playoff format this year, I think both Ohio State and Iowa represent the Big Ten. Mm. Yeah, but folks. That. That's going to do it for us on this episode. I like to thank Hendricks for helping me out break down helping me out in breaking down this Big Ten. So right, I no appreciate problem. you, Anytime. man. Anytime. And as always, folks, if you haven't already followed us on all of our social media platforms, uh, you know where they're at. Uh, and as always, y'all stay safe, y'all stay blessed. We'll see you on the next episode.